the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oftentimes, we want the manual on how to live life, let alone living a Christian life. Well, we do have a manual for that. That's where we're at today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Pastor Phil Howard is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules and the host of our broadcast here, Truth For Today. Hi there. Welcome to our program. Our series is called Living the Christian Life. Today, we're looking once again at the changed identity. When you and I become Christians, our identity changes. What that looks like and the significance behind all of that when it comes to living out our Christian life is what we're looking at today. Join us. Here's Pastor Phil and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Christ brings about, verse 15 and 17, a free gift. The free gift of himself. Verse 15 and 17, he brought grace in what he did. He offers the gift of righteousness in verse 17. He offers life in verse 18. He offers justification in 18, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21. Anybody need a note? Just raise your hand. He'll give you one. Uh, So, were you able to write those down? Did I go too fast? Are they up there? Okay, good. So, watch this little chart here. All sinned in Adam, the entire race. And Adam is their representative. But for all of God's saved people, commonly called the elect, all those in Christ, we get all the results of what Christ produced. He's our new representative. And he's using this two-man theology to say, we're simply saying we've been represented by another who's given us a status we never could have earned on our own. But that's our new identity. By the way, let me show you this principle of another representing you. Turn to uh, Hebrews, an interesting passage, Hebrews 7. Then we'll go to the application and take questions. Uh, Take uh, Hebrews 7, 4. Look how it's illustrated. He's arguing that Melchizedek was a greater high priest than Levi. Melchizedek was a real priest. He was a king priest, lived in Jerusalem, time of Abram. But we have no genealogy on him. Uh, But he's superior. Christ's priesthood is compared to his. Now, he proves the superiority of his priesthood by the very fact that Abram, Abram, used him for his high priest, not a Levitical priest. Now watch. Just think how great he was. 
Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now, the law requires the descendants of Levi, who become priests, to collect a tenth from the people, that is, their brothers, even though their brothers are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, that's Melchizedek. Yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. He's giving the blessing. In the one case, the tenth is collected by men who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. One might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham. Because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. We call that seminal representation. And that is Abraham is giving the tenth to Melchizedek, and God's looking down here and saying, in the loins, in the seminal bank of Abraham, in his posterity, were the 12 tribes of Israel. And Levi was one of those sons. And God says, guess what? Levi acknowledged the greatness of Melchizedek over his priesthood because not having yet been born, but in the loins of Abraham, he was given credit that he paid tithes to Melchizedek. Melchizedek never did send him a receipt for it, but he did it. Because he was in the loins of his father Abraham. You get it? So Adam had the whole human race in his loins. And so that what he did, God charged the whole human race. And God's answer for it was, I will start a new race of men and women, and it will be under the last Adam, and he shall represent my people, those that will come to me, and he will offer a free gift through one act of righteousness. He will obey. He will do everything I wanted the first Adam to do, but who failed. But he will bring life. He will bring righteousness. He'll bring a right standing, and he will represent a people just as the first Adam represents a fallen race. So you tonight and I all fit under one of two heads, Either under Adam is representing you or Jesus Christ. And if Christ, you get all that he purchased for you in the representation. Now, let's see some application. God's method of declaring the believer to be right is through Christ representing us both in his obedience to keep the whole of God's law and in his obedience to die for our sins. Physical death is the result of Adam's sin, so that even babies die without having committed a personal sin. Now, the question is going to come up, do babies go to heaven? Well, uh, it is an argument of silence. The Bible never addresses the issue directly. Other systems have invented ways to cover for the babies. We've got limbo in Catholic theology. Uh, they're out there. 
uh, especially for that baby that never got baptized. They're in, in trouble. What's, what's their status? Uh, the position we take is that uh, we believe that Christ most likely covered them in his death and that he's not populating hell with people that could never accept nor reject. And so we believe children go to heaven. Um, and there's wonderful books written on this. Layman Strauss has one. MacArthur has one. Uh, because Jesus talks about their angels behold the face of God. I believe that's Matthew 18. Uh, that, which is an amazing thing. Let me say this. Lewis Perry Chafer said, the way he believed that heaven will be populated the most from all the tribes of the earth will be through infant mortality, miscarriages, and abortions. That in the tribes that existed from Adam all the way to Christ, you never heard that maybe the only way those tribes were ever represented around the throne with members from every language group might be infant mortality because we've never had any adults trust God in some of those tribes. So every baby that died will be a representation of that tribe. In the Christian life, uh, if our condemnation can come through the act of one man, so can our justification through the act of one man. I make the note, one might want to reject that Adam could represent the race, but he is the type of another representative who represent all who become justified by faith alone. For the first Adam, it's universal. For the second Adam, it's only those who are born again. Those who are put in him. He never did represent Hitler. He doesn't represent the wicked. He represents his people. You've got to be in him. You've got to be in him. Look at what he says when he comes to applying. The big problem you have once you become a Christian is you're in a new family, but you still act like the old one. Uh, you're all of a sudden in Christ, and we're trying to teach you some table manners. Because you grew up with the fighting crowd, let's say, the McCoys, and you're in a family now that's got manners, that grace runs the household, acceptance runs the household, praise of God, and you came from one of animosity, sin, darkness. And all of a sudden, when he's dealing with New Testament believers, he addresses them on the basis of the two men. And look, if you will, at Ephesians, just to show you how he applies it. A verse that... Uh, we often quote that gives you fits. It's a verse that goes this way. If, man, if any man be in Christ, he is a... And behold, all pass away. And behold, all things are new. So the moment you got saved, every bad habit you had passed away. Wives, speak for your husband. Is that true? Well, isn't that the way we take it? Behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. Any of you struggle with uh, drinking after you got saved? Don't answer. I already know it. I pastored this church. 
What about anger? A lot of you wanted to quit cigarettes. My, my brothers smoked since little guys. One of the big battles of the Christian life was to give up tobacco. You know, so all of a sudden you're a Christian and you're still got fighting with things over here. So I thought all that passed away. You said I've become a new creation in Christ. What passed away? Not all your habits. Your old standing and your old representative passed away. And by the Spirit, you were immersed into Christ. And what passed away was everything tied to your status in Adam. You're no longer condemned. You're no longer sentenced to death. You no longer have any of the hassles of the Adamic relationship. And in the epistles, he starts saying, now I want your behavior to conform to your new status. I want you to put off that old man way of living, the way you lived in Adam. That's the old man. And I want you to put on the new man, which is Christ, because there's a new set of behavior patterns in the new man. And watch what he says. Uh, Let's take uh, 422. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old man. NIV missed it. It's anthropos. It's not self. You put off your old man. And we're not talking about your dad. Put off your old man, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new man, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. When you put on the new man, you put on Christ. Christ becomes the source of your behavior. He's what God's... Did you know what? God is working everything in your life so that you'll eventually look like Christ in your character. For all things are working together that he might conform us to the image of his son. And so everything, you know why some of us have so many trials? We're really hard to change. He's chiseling on oak that doesn't want to change. Some of your stone. What will it take for you to break with some of those behaviors? Will he have to get out the big chisel? Boom. He's just wanting you, cut it out. You're no longer in Adam. You're in a new family. The old family ran on fear, death, condemnation. The new family runs on, I'm acceptable to God. I'm right before God. Now, you know what I mean when I say I see Christians? I say, you must not be reading the same Bible I read or you don't get it. Because you act as beat up as when you were in the old man. I'm just whipped all the time. You're whipped in the new man? Yeah. I just don't have it. What do you mean you don't have it? You got everything. Well, I, I, what do I have? I, I don't feel like all I got is pimples. <laughs> no. Do you know what you got in God? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. What's that? I want something to fix my marriage. Oh, baloney. You've gone to 15 concerts on marriage already. If you don't believe theology in the Bible, how would it ever make your marriage work? The problem with your marriage is you. The marriage doesn't get better. You get better. 
I want a heavenly marriage. Well, quit living a hellish life. I mean, and, and so you start coming and saying, well, this is the way my mom and dad acted. Were they in the old man? Usually it was. See, when we started this church, uh, first-generation Christians had never seen a Christian home. Uh, so many young people, in this, they'd never seen how a man and woman reacted and related in a Christian marriage. You know, heavenly all the time. <laughs> I, I sense conviction. Uh, you know, and so that all of a sudden, we're trying to break with old patterns. And he says, put off this old man way of conniving and doing. It was Jacob's problem. Until God one night met him at Bethel. And he says, you know what, Jacob? You've been conniving and cheating and thinking you're in charge of everything. And I'm going to do something to you at Bethel. I'm going to touch you in the hip. And Esau, you're going to meet him tomorrow morning because Esau's coming and he wants blood. He's mad. He's never forgot. You stole the birthright. And before you meet him, I'm going to fix your hip so you can't run. You can't outrun this guy. And you're going to have to limp in there saying, I'm going to have to trust the God of Bethel to preserve me because I can't run quick enough. He said, that's what I want you to get. You're under my divine control. You're not slick enough to beat all your enemies. You've lied. You've connived. And let me say to the believer, the part of the Christian life that's that early struggle is learning not to talk like you did in the old family. You've got to learn a new vocabulary. Some of you have been negative from the womb. You're a griper. Get over it. God wants his family to run on encouragement. Some of you live by moods in the old man. God wants you to live by the spirit in the new man. Some of you used to always get in your way in the new family. The goal is for Christ to get his way. And so, but you got to first know, where do I belong in this universe? Where's my identity? There's only two men. One, you're dead. One, you're dying. One, you're condemned. The other, you've been exalted to a place of life. And he appeals and he makes these, and he says the same thing in Colossians. Put off, notice that Colossians. I love this, the way he describes the new life. Uh, Watch this. Well, I'll start with verse 5, and you'll see how he appeals to ethical behavior by your new identity. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Put it to death. Kill it. And it's basically by reckoning yourself to be alive in Christ and dead to sin. And you just say, I'm dead to this. I'm not to be available. And what's the list? Sexual immorality? Just a way of life in the Roman Empire and in California. Uh, impurity? Huh? Our, our community knows something about that. Lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. How can he say that? You used to walk this way. 
because he's translated you into a new head. He's put the Holy Spirit in and a new nature, and he always assumes the way you behaved in the old family will be a used-to behavior. That's where holiness and Christian living is leading. You've got to make the wrong behavior used to. Now watch what he says. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger? Are you an angry Christian? Get rid of it. Uh, You have a counselor? Yeah, uh, Colossians 3. Just obedience. See, I promote the one-step program real strong. Don't sign up for 12 if you won't do the one. Don't sign up for 12 if you won't do one. Come to Christ. Depend on his word and the spirit. It's been working for over 1,900 years. Come to Christ. Follow his word and depend on the spirit. It's called the one-step Christianity method. Did any of you ever take the one-step program? How many did the one-step program? Oh, okay. Good. I'm heavy into that. Get rid of rage, malice. Now, why is he telling these people to get rid of it? Profound. They had it. Were they believers? Yeah. And then he quotes that great eagle song, Get Over It. You ever hear that eagle song? You need to buy that. The eagle's album when hell froze over. They've got one song in there, Get Over It. I just love it. I just want to use it in all counseling appointments. Get over it. How, whoever's ever heard that song, get over it. I mean, it's, it's a great, and man, it's a great piece. I mean, the guitar player's just burning up. I think it's Mark Knopfler. It's great. I got several goodies out of that. Get rid of filthy language. Are some of you Christians still cussing? Stop it. Quit it. Well, I grew up that way. Yeah, you grew up going to hell. But now as a Christian, you're going to heaven, aren't you? Well, if you're going to heaven, start learning a heavenly language. You see why I didn't want you all the way over there? See that? Where's Tim? I don't even know. He's hid out. I can't even see. There he is. Do not lie to each other. And in the Greek, it's stop lying. Since you have... Taken off your old man with its practices, and you put on the new man, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, everything that permeates your home. Bear with each other, and nobody's irritable here, I know. And forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, on and on and on. And he's saying on the basis, because you're in the new man, you act this way. New status demands new behavior. But the first thing is grace. The grace of God put you under a representative that you're covered anyway, even before you get the behavior. You're covered. I've got you covered. Because some of you have been working on anger 20 years, and he's still got you covered. And the reason your salvation stays intact, 
though your holiness at times is minimal, is he's, he's already been holy for you. He's already kept the law for you, and he's already died under the penalty of the law for all the blowing of the Christian life that we all do. That's why you stay saved even when you blow it, because you're represented by someone that earned it on his merits, so you can't lose it on your demerit. If what saved you was his merit, it'd have to be his demerit that gets you lost. You didn't get it because you were perfect. You can't lose it because you're imperfect. He's got you covered. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.